2: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition
1: of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and back with me, the one, the only, Mr. Akshaz Devadula. Akshaz, good to have you back. How you doing, man?
2: Doing good. Um, excited for the holidays and relaxing. Not really sure how to feel about last week. <laughs> Uh, I don't really know what happened, honestly. I don't think I've actually processed it. But yeah, I I have thoughts, I guess. That's basically (laughs) how I describe where I'm at right now. I have thoughts about things.
1: I, th- I think that's a fair a fair assessment for sure. Um, I think we all have thoughts about things. Um, obviously, uh, talking about the sort of bizarre nature of the 49ers 33-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins uh, yesterday as we're recording this on Monday night. Um, so, you know, a little over 24 hours ago, the game ended, I guess, roughly. Uh, thereabouts, uh, like 26, 27 hours ago. And, man, I'm right there with you. It's like, are are we happy about this? Are we sad about this? Like, there's a lot of different directions that this could go, right? Um, And based on what I've read and heard from things in and around the locker room, that seems to be the consensus with the team, too, right? It's just like, like, yeah, we won – Awesome, like eight and four, first place in the division still, but man, the the overall sense of of uh, doom feels like the wrong word, but just like deflation, I think is probably uh, the way of thinking about it. Obviously, the talking about the the Forty losing Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for the remainder of the season broke his foot, uh, from what I hear in like several places. Um, if you looked at the this any uh particular uh screenshots or videos of the of the injury it's pretty clear um why that happened like his foot definitely went in directions that it's not supposed to go um and so there's good and there's really you know there's some things that came out of that that I should say that are that are positive but some obviously the long-term implications and what does it mean for this, the rest of this season are certainly called into question. So I'm, I'm right there with you in terms of like, how do we feel about this win? Like obviously great, like good win, but also bad things happened.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a weird one. The, it's so odd because the injury happened so early. You kind of just, Like, when I was watching the game, anyhow, it was just like, oh, man, like, Brock Purdy was just in there. Right. And I don't know, like, I didn't really give it as much time as, like, last year when Trey Lance, maybe it's because Purdy is also just, like, a seventh-round pick, and Lance's injury this year already, like, numbed me to, like, Mm -hmm. just, oh, QB's hurt. But last year, when Garoppolo got, like, injured slash benched against the Seahawks and Lance came in, that was a big deal to me. I was like, oh, wow, like... I cared. This time it was just like, oh, there's a quarterback. Are we going to win? Who knows? Number three. And then we get like after the fact and the Niners rule him out for the year really quickly.
1: Yeah, apparently have so, a halftime.
2: Yeah, he left the stadium, I think, in the third quarter. Yeah. So I mean, first things first, I feel terrible for Jimmy. He, what's it called? such a weird like position for him to be in and then Mm -hmm. you know he handled it with class and he got his opportunity again another unfortunate situation to where he even got like a place to be the starter but he was playing really well like set yourself up for life again well and you know now broken foot they're saying it might not be a list frank which would be really good because i know those like foot surgeries and recoveries are like Big, big deals. Not to say that, like, when you break your foot, it's not a big deal. (laughs) But, you know, it's, I mean, someone might throw money at him, but it's basically the same issue as last year. He's coming off an injury. You never know if you're going to get him for a full season. And there's not really a clear market there for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, terrible for him. Then, obviously, the 49ers... Lose their starting quarterback lucked into having their former starter as their backup (laughs) lose him And now have brock purdy as their starter josh johnson back for his time (laughs) As their backup they have jacob eason On the third string and we are having on december 5th Like december football for a team that is eight and four we're having a legitimate we will have a legitimate conversation as to whether Baker Mayfield, just released because he couldn't beat out Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker, is the quarterback the 49ers need to take him to the promised land. Just, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little numb to it now. Yeah. After, like, when 2014, I guess way back, kind of, eight years or so, happened, and I just saw every single player I, like, go down with injuries. I was like, you know what? Okay. Okay. That kind of, like, set my expectations for injuries. <laughs> and now it's like, I don't, like, feel devastated. Right. But this is absurd.
1: It is, yeah.
2: And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They This defense is legitimately Super Bowl caliber. And I think, absent, I think, in theory, if they could get to the Super Bowl and it isn't Kansas City they're going up against, they could win it. Just, like, even if, like... Brock Purdy is starting or whatnot. <laughs> they're, they're that yeah. good. I don't think yeah. there's a single team in the league other than Kansas City where you're like, okay, that offense, that that will be like a tough battle. Everyone else, I feel pretty confident, but who knows, you know?
1: And and even the out. Chiefs got taken care of by the Bengals yesterday. They can't seem to figure them out. So who knows oh, what's man. going on? Um, yeah, I'm 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 yeah, I'm right there with you. And and some of this stuff is so weird. It's just like this team can't catch a break at the, the like everything else you know the injuries are just part of the game and you know we talked about Elijah Mitchell last time and like how to what a bad break he got where he he hurts his MCL on one knee in week one comes back two weeks later does it to the other knee it's just like oh what a break but like to lose a player at, at, at the the most important position probably in all all of sports right um and to keep losing it, like you thought you had it set up and it didn't go. You only got a game and a quarter out of that. And then you're like, all right, cool. But at least we have a probably the best backup situation in the whole, of the NFL. And you got whatever, how many games out of that, like nine or 10 out of, like, games out of that. And it's just like, OK, well, nope, can't have that either. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, <clears throat> part of this is like this is the reason or one of the reasons that they decided to make the move. Uh, for Trey Lance in the first place is not that they didn't think that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a decent enough player uh, in their system to get the job done. It's that he has shown he's not capable of fin- finishing a season. Right. Um, and, you know, as you said, that's kind of proof for of this yet again. And the timing is absolutely horrible. Like you were saying too, it's just like, because he's, I mean, there were the reports coming out this week like, oh, you know, both teams are in inter- both sides are interested in maybe Garoppolo returning for next year. What he's what they're not gonna pay him backup money. Um, and he's not gonna take it backup money at this point, right? Like, they gotta pay other guys. They can't be worrying about their backup quarterback situation and trying to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around because they like him. Like, he's going somewhere else next year, like, without a doubt. Um, and this injury is probably not a long-term enough thing where he'll take like a really cheap deal to come back with the team. This isn't like a situation like where Jason Brett has, is hurt and is a long-term hurt. And, you know, they pay him the league minimum to come back and see if he can make a a difference. Like he'll probably be ready for training camp more than likely, I would imagine, unless something kind of comes up and, or or it ends up being a longer term thing than expected. Um, But he's, he's going to go someplace who's going to pay him the most money and give him the opportunity to start at this point. And there's based on the quarterback play of the bottom part of the league in the NFL, there's going to be places for him to go um, <laughs> in, in the off season. We'll be doing this all over again, but in this case, he'll have the the opportunity to choose what he wants to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And of course, obviously bad timing for him in a lot of cases, but um, yeah. So, it really brings me to this question. Um, so I think we're both kind of on the same time timeframe. Like that was the last time Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be playing for- football in a 49ers Jersey. Are, are you, are you pretty much in agreement with that?
2: Yeah. I, I, I thought this year was going to be his last regardless. So right. I'm I'm with, I mean, I'm actually a little less confident now than I was before the injury, because I understand what you're saying about, it's probably not going to be that long-term. But you have, there's like no clue how the projections people might make off it. I'm more inclined to think that he comes that he his market is so bad that they bring him on as a backup again because they just can't seem to quit him. <laughs> <And> he can't <laughs> seem to quit the forty ers But yeah, for I put it at like ninety five percent he's gone. Five percent he's back.
1: Right. Um well Okay. So let's let's go with the with the ninety-five percent then. Um, so what do you think? What what is Garoppolo's legacy as a forty nineers quarterback? I know we're gonna have this conversation probably like a hundred times over the offseason, um, especially if he isn't in, in fact gone, but what what do you think? What are the what are the things that's that you're gonna stick out to, to you for as far as his tenure here?
2: I mean, so the first thing is just he reinvigorated The team, And whether that was him or that was like an inevitability with the way Shanahan was building it, I don't really know. All I know is that five-game winning streak at the end of 2017 was a big deal. Even though he might not have been playing all too well, he was playing well enough to where people cared again. And then when he got healthy again, they went to the Super Bowl. Then when he got healthy again, they went to the NFC Championship game. So I'm, I'm just going to remember this like the energy coming back to the 49ers. But that goes hand in hand with I'm just I'm going to remember up ten in the Super Bowl, up ten in the NFC Championship game. He's a major part of why those leads didn't like stay leads. And that'll be like the thing. I think we have a tendency like in the moment for the first like, couple of years, I'm just always going to be like he was a good quarterback, but you know, a little more at the right time. And we are talking about two Super Bowls, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think, in the same ways, a lot of people really remember Alex Smith now, less so for the like six, seven years of mediocrity, but instead for like the catch three in 2011. And a lot of people hopefully remember Colin Kaepernick. Ten years, the 49ers for those monumental like play games in the playoffs I think over time we'll kind of forget the warts of Garoppolo's game and just remember the fact that you know he brought life back to a franchise that was in an in incredible rut, just in all of like facets of the field and whoever like is the reason it happened I don't really care all I know is that he won they won
1: And winning is fun. Well said. Um, Yeah, I'm right there with you for the most part. I think a lot of what his legacy is going to come down to has a lot to do with um, what does Trey Lance do um, in the sort of time after Garoppolo goes out, right? Um, If... Trey Lance is immediately successful and um, you know, leads the turns the Niners into perennial contenders every year and he's here for a decade plus um, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, then everybody's gonna talk about, well, Grapelo was a nice bridge that got them to Trey Lance, you know, and eventually he was the guy that made them realize, well, what we really need is this guy, um, as opposed to the other guy, right? Um, but, you know, dare I say, if Lance doesn't turn out to be the player that the 49ers brass thinks that or expects him to be expects him to be, then I think there will be a lot of immediate like think pieces. just like, well, maybe they should have just kept Garoppolo because even though, uh, you know, he didn't always stay healthy, you know, the whole like quarterback win uh, junk and all that stuff that, that comes out all the time when they talk about him, which fair, like, you know, they win when he's in there, but also. Comparatively, we're talking about C.J. Beathard and and Brian Hoyer and you know, Nick Mullins as the other options. So Grappolo, of course, is is better than those guys, right? Um, and so it really just comes down to. It, uh, the, I think a lot of what happens in the immediate aftermath of his leaving. Um, especially under the circumstance which he is now leaving, because the opportunity was certainly there for him to get to another NFC championship game, get to another Super Bowl, maybe win the Super Bowl, and then we start getting into this, okay, now what do you do? But the fact that it just sort of hit this like womp womp sort of ending, like he broke his foot, his season's over, he's probably done, he's more than likely not coming back. It's really gonna come down to what do the Niners do after this? And if if Lance is successful, Everybody's gonna kind of forget about Garoppolo because, if especially if Lance like wins a Super Bowl in the first couple of years, and it's be like, well, he did the thing. That's exactly why they drafted him because he was able to stay on the field and he won him a championship in a way that that Garoppolo never could. And I think that will affect the way that people talk about him in a lot of ways.
2: That's a good point. I think I agree. I think you know, not a lot of people remember per se, Alex Smith's tenure in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes came in and boom, like mm-hmm. he's the best quarterback the league has seen in a in a pretty long while. And I think it's it could be the same thing here. The only thing I think is that the reason why I don't know if Lance does all that poorly, we get the like, oh, they should have kept Garoppolo legacy is just because I think the 49ers have kind of earned or the brass has earned the chance at another quarterback in a way where I think Garoppolo's legacy is almost immediately set in stone in terms of how good it can be just because unless like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are like physically incapable of finding good quarterbacks they're probably going to get another shot at one and if it hits eventually some way or the other they'll just be like i think at best we remember garoppolo as the guy who like kind of spurred on the shanahan dynasty and at worst he's just the guy who led to the guy whoever <laughs> the guy might be
1: He said the the guy that you dated before before they got married kind of thing right mm-hmm. um, and they didn't yeah we didn't really wanted to commit to him you know but maybe nah, not not completely kind of thing yeah I think you're I think they're that's a, a good point so um, that leads us to the next question and then we'll we'll stop talking about these sort of general generalities and get into the the game because it was a a very you know removing this bizarre Jimmy Garoppolo situation uh, it was a very exciting game in a lot of ways, like independent of itself. So um, the next question, of course, obviously is, okay, so now it's the Brock Purdy show. Um, I think the Niners have made themselves, have made their intentions pretty clear based on the fact that their only quarterback move thus far has been to sign Josh Johnson from the Broncos quarterback uh, a practice squad, uh, which means he immediately goes on a 53-man roster, which means he's the immediate backup uh, for uh, Brock Purdy. Um, you said it's his third stint, which is technically true. But if you remember, several years ago, uh, they had a habit of uh, releasing and then re-signing, and then releasing and then re-signing Josh Johnson over the course of an entire season. They did this like, like eight times or something like that. So technically, I think he was like signed and released like probably over a dozen times from this team. So, uh, it's certainly a bizarre situation. Um, I don't understand it. Uh, I'm not sure that any man has done less to deserve this many chances, but whatever. Um, he's there. He knows the system, especially because, uh, Nathaniel Hackett runs a, a, a fairly similar, similar system in Denver, albeit a considerably worse one. <clears throat> but that's another thing for another time. Um, but you know, so on that level, it makes sense. Uh, Baker Mayfield search me on that like it, I, I don't understand why that would be a move at all um, unless you just think you can from Shanahan's perspective you can reclaim him um, obviously he has some experience with Baker a little bit but uh, or with a guy like Baker in that when Johnny Manziel who was in uh, Cleveland with him but yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, I don't know if financially it even makes sense. I'm not really sure how that works out. Um, but so long question to get to this: Can Brock Purdy do enough? Because what, what do we got? Five games left. Six games left. Five. Five. Right. Um, I can't do math. There are eight and four, so that's twelve. So five games left. Um, five games left. Uh, can he do enough to like get him into the playoffs? Cause I think what are they got to win? Like two more games probably. And that will, that might be good enough. Um, depending on what Seattle does, obviously they won yesterday. Uh, so they got to keep pace. Probably beating Seattle would be one of the ones that you would want to make sure that you get. I, I don't know. Like this is obviously a larger scale question, but can he do enough to get them into the playoffs and that's sort of the first step, and then obviously the question of whether or not they can do anything once they get there, but um, I don't know. Like, What did you see from him yesterday that gives you hope or gives you concern or whatever?
2: <clears throat> I think I'll go for it. can he get them into the playoffs? My answer is yes, just because the Niners have to lose two games, basically. Barring like A collapse against the Cardinals they have to lose the Seahawks game and then another game to lose the division otherwise they'll likely win the division and 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 this is assuming that the Seahawks win out and I don't know like the Bucks are struggling against New Orleans defense the 49ers have a better defense Seahawks are the Seahawks so eh. the commanders are weird and have a tie (laughs) The Raiders are the Raiders and then the Cardinals by week 18 might have fired Cliff Kingsbury, so they might be a mess. So I think he can do enough just because of how good everything else is around him. I think it's a very low bar for this team to go like, I guess, assuming the Dolphins game as well, to go basically 500 for this stretch. I think there's like enough inbuilt talent to just win games. To the point of what I saw from him and like hypothetically, he got into the playoffs, I don't know. He seems, I, I always like the idea of drafting quarterbacks. I think every team should draft a quarterback every year at some point. Doesn't matter if you have one in already because quarterbacks are one of those guys, if you hit on a guy... It's way more valuable than like any other like draft pick you've made. So I like when they got him, but we like have talked about how and I think it's a common sentiment, Jimmy Garoppolo does not have a great arm and that takes away from his ability to hit some of these deep passes the forty nineers system has built in in the way that lance in his like one game and one quarter and then preseason reps we could see lance knew he could hit like 20 yard digs and like post routes that the offense gives him a chance for brock purdy has a worse arm than jimmy garoppolo and that's not and you know there's more to being a quarterback than just being able to throw it far but sometimes all there is to being a quarterback is being able to throw it far like He, in a way that is actually like different from Garoppolo, he completely removes any semblance of a down threat element the offense has. And I think that's a huge deal because the 49ers like thrive off getting space anywhere. If you have any space underneath, that's where you get all your points. And I think that's an issue. There's a couple times in yesterday's game, he was a tick late on a ball. And he just didn't have the arm to get it in there, so that like the windows got much smaller. I think the other thing I saw, which was both good and bad, is that you know he was able to escape the pocket, which was good, but he likes to escape the pocket quickly, like early, like Russell Wilson level early,
1: and and go in going the and go in the wrong way most of the time.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, I mean, he's a rookie, and I think people like. Oh, you know, four years in college, Mr. like football in Arizona, super, super experienced. This is all true, but let's not he's like he's a seventh round rookie. There are gonna be things that confuse him. There are gonna be things that are like hard for him to understand. And there's always gonna be the natural propensity to escape the pocket that Lance was getting better at, that Garoppolo had has always been like good at to his detriment and was getting better at like mixing it up. I think Purdy has an arm that can't compensate for when he's late on a throw or late on a decision and a propensity to bail on clean pockets and get himself into trouble. And a weird habit it looks like of not holding the ball very tightly when he is bailing from the pocket. These are all, (laughs) these are all like scary because these are all like things that he they all lead to turnovers, and that's the one thing he can't do. Any other thing, I don't care if he misses like 50% of his passes. There's an open receiver every play. Because honestly, that's what we've been seeing from 49ers football since Kyle Shanahan got over here, and they still have a winning record. So you can live with that. You can't live with the two, three interceptions. Yeah. There's been a lot of comparison to Nick Mullins, and that's a really good comparison because nick mullins could sling the ball given his like physical abilities pretty well but like any backup quarterback at a certain point he just wasn't like good enough to compensate for his physical limitations and some of these throws were becoming interceptions and i can't remember which game it was i think it was against the eagles i want to say in 2020 but i might be wrong he had the most brutal game I think I'd seen a quarterback have. And he single-handed, or was it the Cardinals? I don't know. He took the Niners out of playoff contention, basically, just because of that. And yeah, yeah. I'm optimistic Purdy won't do that, but he's a seventh-round rookie. There's no yeah. the expectation will be that he will do that, and he will do that a lot. And it's just about do they survive his mistakes? Because you know Garoppolo hasn't been making a lot of mistakes, and they've been able to win because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's all. That's all right. I think the 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 comparison with Nick Mullins falls apart a little bit in that Purdy is you know a four-year starter at a slightly higher level. Obviously, it's Division One in both cases. I think with both with both of them, but. Uh, you know, Purdy was playing at, at Iowa State, which is a, a little bit of a of a more um, competitive situation than what was it, southern Missouri or wherever uh, Nick Mullins went. Um but uh it a little bit of a different situation um and you know the, the the thing about his arm strength is certainly problematic there was certainly there was a couple of times when i turned and look i was watching the game with my dad and i go his arm is not got it got the juice but then every once in a while there were a couple of throws in there like the one to to kittle when he was getting demolished as he made the throw in the middle of the field that was right on point the one to Debo where it was where it was one of the it was the classic oh no what are you doing and then all of a sudden Debo had the ball in his hands and it was first down um so he made some throws I think you're right in noting that the the deep part of the field and you know the outside the numbers area is probably not happening for him um and I I I think you I think Shanahan well I know Shanahan knows that because you could see that he was getting him on the move and uh, Purdy was very specific about like trying to find, get himself closer to, to where the the player that he was trying to get the ball to. You know, you think about the, um, you know, a couple of plays that he made uh, to to some of his uh, early on where he's, he's rolling out to the side that he's throwing the ball and you know, on some levels that's smart. Like, you know, know what you can and cannot do. And he seems like a, you know, a smart kid who, who knows those things, as you say, he's going to make some mistakes. Um, but the hope is that he minimizes those and puts them in, 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 in the right position, right? Like you think about the one interception he had uh, against the dolphins. It, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? It's fourth down, it's basically a short punt. You know, the Dolphins didn't get the ball in in great field position because of it. Was it a great throw? No. Was it a great read? Absolutely not. Because if you watch the play, <laughs> McCaffrey was open. Like, I mean, he didn't have a lot of time to make a throw because the Dolphins were coming after him. But if he waits like half a tick more and he looks straight down the middle, McCaffrey is just standing there and it's first down and he probably runs a long way. Um, so some of that is learning. Some of that's just minimizing mistakes and making the right decisions. So I'm right there with you. I think because of the position that the Niners are in, you know, they have the game up on Seattle, but they also have the tiebreaker. And if, you know, if all they do is, let's say all they can do is beat Seattle, beat Arizona. And if that's it, they might be okay. Right. Um, If they, can beat seattle beat arizona and win one other game then they're probably coast they're probably really in really good shape so as you say it's a it's not going to take a lot they could finish under they could finish the year under 500 for the for the last chunk of games and and they won't they won't exactly be flying into the playoffs but they'll be probably hosting the playoff game in the divisional round so uh not the way that we thought this was going to go um and I certainly don't expect <laughs> that the Super Bowl is coming at the end of this thing but I think if he can keep it afloat and put them in a good position then they might be able to make a little bit of noise I don't know it'll be interesting to see because this team has shown that when their defense is at its at its peak They don't necessarily need like the highest level of quarterback play i was reading things like that over over twitter last night and into this morning where it's just like this might be the team in the nfl that's least dependent on high level quarterback play in the entire nfl um and that requires it the least um and so if they get high level quarterback play then it's like you know a cherry on top of everything else um and if this defense continues to play like it is who knows maybe we and we talked about this at the beginning of the year right all this it was different it was like all they have to do is score 16 points a game or whatever and they can win maybe they maybe that's now it's like okay all you have to do like is win 60 is score like three touchdowns two touchdowns and a field goal and you you win you'll probably win most of your games and if you think that they can do that then might be all right
4: Means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with how there's those couple of throws where it looked like Purdy was on, and I think this is a quote from Kyle Shanahan, so I can totally say this on the podcast. He got he's yeah, got, got some it. balls. <laughs> yep. That I mean his throw to McCaffrey before the touchdown to McCaffrey that was insane. I was I thought for sure that was the dumbest throw he could have made and he darted that thing in. So, you know, I think he, he's one of those guys where he knows his limitations but then he also doesn't. And sometimes you want that. You want the guy who thinks he can make every throw. Can he? No, but you know, who knows? And to your point about the defense, I agree, I think and as we get into like the Dolphins game more specifically, we can kind of see what the 49ers' prototypical game plan will be with Purdy. Obviously a full week of first team reps, hopefully a little more familiarity with everything, the game plan being geared towards him, all those things can help, but you know, this defense, as long as you don't make it have to defend more than it needs to, and you give it a chance to kind of be in position in the game, like be able to dictate the pace of the game by like being able to rush for being able to be in long field where they have space to operate. If the defense has that space, they're a menace. And, you know, we will probably, when we get towards the end of the season, towards the playoffs, talk more about the teams you'll face, but hypothetically, the Niners might face the Giants or the Commanders right now with Purdy. It's a very winnable setup. And then from there, someone like the Vikings, That's a little tougher, but you know, I don't think the, I think the floor of teams this team can beat doesn't really change with brock purdy i think the ceiling does which is why you really hope that like i don't know something weird happens in the afc and maybe you hope that the eagles in dallas most likely like beat the ever-loving hell out of each other (laughs) so whenever they you face the next guy that's a they're basically out of it like their super bowl was just getting to the NFC Championship, or whatever, but who knows? It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting, interesting next five games. I just, yeah. you know, if you could write a two-year story for an NFL team on how, like, absolutely unlucky and just like personally, ch- on how challenging it's been to get the quarterback position right, the 49ers would probably be one of your best bets. Rookie QB, third overall pick. You don't play him because you don't think he's ready yet. Your starter gets hurt, so you put him back in. Then your starter comes back. and Then afterwards, you're like, okay, we're done with you. But then you sign him because there's no, like... And then you, the rookie gets hurt. And so then you're like, okay, the backup who was the starter is now the starter. And then he gets hurt. So the guy, your head coach said... Yeah, we had the last pick, and, you know, I empowered some of my coaches to take a look at quarterbacks. So we thought we might as well take a shot on him. Who knows? <laughs> now he's starting. All the while, he got a defense with two of maybe the top, at worst, top 10 defensive players in the NFL playing. Oh, my God. This is why I play Madden with no injuries. Because <laughs> there are enough injuries in real life when it comes to the 49ers.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Um, one, one final thing on this and, and this actually will, I hope we'll transition this into the conversation about the, the Dolphins game more specifically. Um, I was listening to Matt Mayoko on the Ford ers talk podcast and he was talking about, he pointed this out, which was very interesting. So what Purdy has been doing over the last, you know, ever since Lance went out and maybe even the whole season has been running the scout team, right? Um, which means he's running the opposing team's offense to prepare the defense. So two things about that. One, it means he's going up against the best defense in football every week. Good practice, right? Um, it means pretty much everybody else that you face is going to be worse than the team that you're dealing with in practice on a regular basis. So that's good. Um, <clears throat> two, in this particular case, it probably set him up really well because while he's not spending a lot of time in his own, in, as much time in the Niners playbook as he would be, who were they facing this week? basically the Niners and on the east coast right mike mcdaniel running pretty much the same offensive scheme as <laughs> as as the 49ers are so it probably put him in a particularly good position to to be a little bit more prepared than he might have been if it was another team that was running a different scheme than than the Niners to where you know he's focusing on that and being prepared and as you say, he'll <laughs> get a chance to to really dive in and be specifically prepared for preparing for this week and the game plan and all that stuff. So that'll be a conversation we'll have later in the week. But um, I just thought that was interesting and some good points that were uh, were made there. But all right. So let's uh, let's transition. Let's talk about this this game, because as I said, the Niners won. It was thirty three fourteen or seventeen. Sorry, but. Um, a game that, but in spite of that, the game was still kind of in the balance, like towards the end, right? The Niners were up, t- what, 23-17 uh, with not a whole lot of time left, but the Dolphins seemed to be, you know, on their way back. They scored the first touchdown against this Niners defense in the second half in f- five, six, five games. Um, <clears throat> and it was like, oh, okay, they're only up by six. Like, uh, this is not, not great. um and then the defense like really took over and that was uh, you know ended up scoring a touchdown and Niners added another field goal later and uh, made the score look (laughs) you know a little worse than the game actually was although I think it matches up a little better with what the Niners were able to do like if you look at the overall stats uh, from the game I think the final score matches up maybe it's a little bit flattering to San Francisco but in the end I think it it was not as close a game as as the as I'd like a if it had been twenty three seventeen I think you look at that and go uh, yeah, I feel like the you know the Niners handled that game a little bit better than than that's than that final score indicates um, but uh, let's uh, first any any thoughts about that before we get into the 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 good and the bad I mean I think it was a
0: great
2: example I thought of just What makes the 49ers defense so good and what makes the Dolphins offense so good was that The defense basically dominated apart from two plays and Because of those two plays we had a six point game like sometimes you just you mess up And that's what happens when you got Tyree kill running 45 yards down the field sometimes you have a coverage bust, and it was an interesting one. I think the stats tell a much closer story than the game felt. And I think it's because the Dolphins were able to get so many chunk yards. I think the stat for me, and we'll get into this with the good and the bad, the 49ers doubled Miami's time of possession. That's like double time of possession, four Miami turnovers to one San Francisco turnover that's one of those things where you tell me those numbers, I think the 49ers win. I don't even check the like anything else. So it was a weird one. I think you can argue I think there's a lot of argument over whether Tua just had a bad game or if the Niners defense was able to uniquely get to him. We'll probably talk about that too, but yeah. It's a I think no matter what else it was a good win against a good team that showed that even when things get kind of weird, the Niners are able to, like, hang in there. And that's one of those things sometimes, you know, this team hasn't been able to do. If they don't get to play to their style, they don't often win games. But, you know, they were up against a defense that stressed them out, and they did a great job. Yeah, I mean, offense sure. that stressed them out. Although, my right, right, defense yeah. played much better than I thought they would, too.
1: Yeah. Um just for the record I think uh if I'm doing my math correctly uh, 40% of Tua uh, Tagovailoa's passing yards came on those two uh passes the opener to Trent Sherfield that was 75 yards and then the 45 yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Um so that's a pretty significant chunk of his it looks like 295 yards is a lot like that's almost 300 that's a lot of yards to give up um but when you factor in 120 of those came on two plays and the rest of it is like, oh, okay, well that's not so great. Um, so he was eighteen of thirty-three for two ninety-five, but really he was two of two for one twenty, and then sixteen of thirty-one for a buck seventy-five. And if you just like if you isolated that, if you take those two long ones out, and you're like, oh, he was sixteen of thirty-one for a buck seventy-five, like that's not a good game at all. Like that's terrible, um, and especially because in that case he has no touchdowns and two interceptions, and um, yeah, he. He, he certainly looked like rattled for sure, um, and there could be a lot of reasons for that. But um, all right, so let's get into uh, the good and the bad. We'll start uh, with you, Akshaz. uh your uh, your good uh, for
2: the game. Oops, sorry about the quick delay. Um, <laughs> no My good for the game is four Miami turnovers because. There are are a lot of things. Honestly, my good was just beyond those two plays, everything. But I'm going to highlight the four Miami turnovers because I think the 49ers defense has historically struggled with getting the ball. And in a game like this, the way to beat the Dolphins was to simply just not let the Dolphins possess the ball. Because when an offense can score in like three plays, if you never give them a chance to get three plays, then you'll never give them a chance to take the lead. So you had Jimmy Ward's interception caused by an Eric Armstead pressure. Then you have D'Amador Lenore's interception caused a bad, like, to a throw, but good hands by D'Amador. Then you had Drake Greenlaw scoop and score. And I love that scoop and score because every single time the 49ers see a ball on the ground, they grab it. And it never pays off because it's always an incompletion. But they still grab it. And, if you and he the- kept running
1: Which was mm-hmm. even more important
2: And you just You watch the game And there are three dolphins to that ball And they're just looking at it And the only guy who runs through the ball Picks it up and makes sure he goes To the end zone is Dre Greenlaw And you know I have my own opinions About Greenlaw in terms of How his hype kind of matches Up to his like performance But one thing you can't take away From him is that He hustles, and that was a terrific hustle play. And I think, you know, we talked about, I think, last week, the idea of what does it mean for the 49ers defense to be good, and D'Amico Ryan said, hats to the ball. How many people do you see tackling? How many people do you see engaging? This is like, what makes the 49ers defense good in a microcosm? Getting the technical stuff aside and the fact that Fred Warner is probably the best middle linebacker, is the best middle linebacker in the NFL, is probably the only guy in the NFL right now who can like say he's on the level of a Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Luke Keekley, and I guess Bobby Wagner. Or like Nick Bosa, it's just they hustle. Then obviously Fred Warner's interception at the end, that was kind of like a Give me whatever.
1: Skylar Thompson was like, Here, you want this? I'd give it to you.
2: <laughs> and then he was trying to score too. They're so aggressive. Even when that's what made the Chiefs loss frustrating is cause they lost their bite in that game. And it wasn't clear why or like what happened for them to just like lose their fangs. But they're aggressive. They're so good at what they do. Miami's offense is predicated upon throwing to the middle of the field. And beyond the Trent Sherfield touchdown, that just didn't happen. And, you know, that's probably in part because, like, Tua struggles in part was because his first look is in the middle of the field, but 54 is right there staring back at you, probably smiling, like, demonically, like, begging you <laughs> to throw the ball to him. And then by the time you're – and then Tua's like, oh, no, let me, like, look over here. And by the time you do that, boom, Nick Bosa's in your lap. So, I mean, there's. I think I said this on the preview, I could spend an entire hour talking about how good Fred Warner is. So, I'm going to stop myself, but I will say (laughs) the good was that, my oh my, this defense did the one thing they sometimes struggle with, and it completely changed the game, just being able to get the ball. I think that's the real reason why the Niners were able to win.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, right there with you. Um, And the the acrobatic uh, nature of Jimmy Ward's interception should not be unmentioned as well. That was pretty impressive. Um, I I don't remember who he jumped over, but uh, poor guy um <laughs> like imagine just standing there like i'm gonna catch the football and then the guy and this guy just jumps over your head and it's like no i think i will take this from you uh that seems unsettling uh, you mentioned nick bosa i think it's worth uh noting uh him specifically uh three sacks in the game which uh takes him from i think third in the nfl in sacks to uh first uh in the nfl and sacks uh had an additional uh, th- uh two tackles for loss uh and then four additional quarterback hits not to mention the fumble that he forced on his on the uh the green loss scoop and score that you mentioned um it it it's 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 just out, outstanding work from him uh if if he's not like the first name off of your out of your mouth when you talk about defensive player of the year at this point because remember he also missed a game and a half uh on top of everything else uh I don't. I don't know what you're watching. Like you're just you're just not paying attention to what what he's doing. If if you're just like uh, yeah, Micah Parsons, and I'm like okay, great. But he's yeah. That it's not even it, to me. It's it's not it's not a discussion. But that's it's a little homerish. I get it. But you know, whatever. Um. <laughs> um. So that that's definitely worth noting. I think it's also worth noting that Brock Purdy was put into a very tough situation and was actually asked to do a lot um that was the i think the most surprising thing about what they did with him uh they didn't run the ball like a ton uh they ran the ball 34 times which is a lot but they also had the ball uh towards the end where they were just kind of killing it and they they ran a lot of run plays but he threw the ball 37 times uh he dropped back to pass 40 times in the game um that's a lot like (laughs) especially under those circumstances you know it wasn't great uh but he got the job done and um threw a couple of touchdowns and he's now the first ever mr relevant to throw a touchdown pass in the nfl so um just wanted to highlight brock purdy you know he did the job but whether or not he'll be able to continue to do that with tape on him and, and all that kind of stuff will be a conversation for another time but for now i think it's safe to say that he's worth highlighting in this particular instance
2: yeah, you know, so many things to talk about. Because it was a really good win. I mean, you know, it's such a shame. When they win, We it's weird and ugly, and then we talk about it, and I know everyone who's listening is like, man, they make it sound like it's a loss. But this was one of those games where if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt, I would have just spent, like, just gushing over this defense and likely the offense, too, because, I mean... It looked like they had Miami in some pretty good spots, but, you know, we can't have nice things, I suppose.
1: I guess not. Yeah, you you noted that. They had the ball for 40 and a half minutes. What what is that? (laughs) I mean, I know part of that is by design, right? Miami is trying to go fast and everything, but they just didn't run that many plays. They just didn't have the ball. I mean, Tua threw the ball 33 times. He was also sacked uh, three times, so, you know. They ran the ball eight times for thirty-three yards. They just didn't run that many plays. It just it just wasn't wasn't there. Um let's see, they had uh how many offensive plays? Uh forty-six. Forty-six offensive plays to the 49ers, 84. 84. <laughs> that's that's just insane. Um and then the fact that when they did have the ball, they didn't they just couldn't do anything with it, and this defense was just Control in the game, um, like you said. Um, so, I, I I feel pretty confident that we're gonna say the same thing for for the bad because there wasn't there's not a really whole lot of bad things to say about this. But I'll I'll let you say the thing that we're probably both thinking, and then we can talk about it and 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 do that. <laughs>
2: oh man, now I feel like I got some pressure on me. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I might be wrong, but I feel like there's really only one bad thing from this game to really talk about, and but that just might be me. It, I so. it, if I'm wrong then you that's fine as well like if you have a different thing than what I'm thinking that's totally fine and I just sound like an idiot you're not you're not the one who did it
2: <laughs> so I'll make passing mention to the coverage bust on the first play I think that's bad and bad angles and all that and then Tyreek Hills touchdown I just think the defense was on it except for a couple plays and that was a little that was bad so you know Luckily, the Niners just were able to take care of business, but sometimes those can, like, pile on and you get a whole situation. I just think, for me, the issue, again, was just there's not a lot of run efficiency going on with this team. And McCaffrey broke a couple, but beyond that, he's getting two yards. Jordan Mason was getting a little better run. And it's one thing when, you know, you have just the 49ers are like the team and Garoppolo's back there and you've got all these playmakers. It's another thing when Brock Purdy is your quarterback and you really want to make sure that like you're able to take care of the ball and really grind away the clock. So McCaffrey, since being a 49er, is averaging four point one yards per carry with a long of 30. That's not the end of the world. That's fine. In the adage four yards a carry means you'll win every game. But there's just a sincere lack of efficiency. Jordan Mason, 97 yards on the year, 5.4 yards per carry. If we look at the box for the game, it's, it's a really similar thing. You know, McCaffrey, 17 carries, 66 yards. That's an average of 3.9. That's really misleading because you got 30 yards on one carry. Mason, 8 carries, 51 yards, so an average is 6.4. But when he comes in the game, you know he's going to carry the ball. Debo Samuel has had four carries for five yards with a long of nine. So don't even get me started on how that mathematically works out.
1: (laughs) Well, there was that one run where they almost tackled him for a loss of, like, 10, and it ended up only being a loss of, like, four. When he, like, Mm -hmm. slipped underneath, like, four defenders... That was pretty impress. That was the most impressive, like, negative three yard run I've ever seen, I gotta say. Oh,
2: yeah. I just think, you know, maybe defenses are obviously keying in on the 49ers rushing attack. And that was, we knew that coming into the season. That's why Trey Lance was such a big piece, was because Shanahan had him not only to, like, be a star quarterback but also just like manipulate defenses in the rushing game. But there just needs to be more efficiency. And I don't know where you get it. I don't know how it comes now that Brock Purdy is your quarterback. And there really is no vertical threat anymore to your offense. I don't know how you manufacture it, but they got to figure it out somehow because 3.6 yards per carry, even with 121 rushing yards, that's just, that's not good enough yep. most of the time. And, I don't know if you want your game plan to be let Brock Purdy throw the ball 37 times for 210 yards, because against the Dolphins it worked, but come playoff times, and we're in like Philadelphia or Dallas is visiting, that might not be the that's not might not be the way that gets you past some really really good defenses.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're. I think you're right. I think this is going to be a, a really opp- a good opportunity for Shanahan to to shine as a play designer and figure out a way to get creative with this. Um, I think one way that he could certainly do that is get back to to more like screen game action, and you can see he did a little bit of that late later in the like especially uh, in the second half. Um, you know, there was the a screen to the sort of wide receiver screen to Debo. He threw into Ayuk at one point, but basically turning the passing game. If you can't get downfield, then you want to figure out a way to turn the the passing game into like an extension of your running game um, and allow those, just get the ball to the playmakers in space and let them do things with it. Um, you know, I, I think it'll evolve over time because obviously he's having to change things on the fly because he went from, this is what our offense is going to look like with Trey Lance. And then now, okay, well now we got to take out some of this stuff. Like we can't run, uh, you know, the, the quarterback power, or we can't run the, the QB option plays or, or the most of the RPOs or, you know, at least the run, the run pass with the quarterback options are out the window. Things like that are, are not in the playbook anymore. And, um, I think, Purdy probably is a little bit of a better athlete. And so maybe there's an opportunity to get some of that back into the, uh, into the game. Although at this point I would be terrified of, of that. Um, I, I decided that there should be a rule instituted in the NFL that if you're literally down to your last quarterback on the roster, uh, that the, they're not allowed to hit, your quarterback anymore because that's not fair um which brings me to a, a an, another aside about um to a getting a rough in the passer penalty and then like in the very next drive uh the same literal same thing happens to to brock and they're just like that's fine it's, it's fine you do that you're good um but yeah uh so I, I think we could see some creativity in that and maybe figuring out a way i the one issue that i have is just like I know christian McCaffrey is a great player but i don't know that he's like the world's greatest like between the tackles runner um i don't think that's his skill set i think it's more like get him into space uh so figuring out ways to get him out on the edges as opposed to um in between the tackles like jordan mason clearly excels in that area let him do that and i i know that again, that tips your hand a little bit, but, and you got to find ways to mix it up a little bit, but using them not so extensively in exactly the same way might help, so that might be something there, but um, my 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 bad was just going to be, you know, we lost a second starting quarterback, like, what are the odds of that um, <laughs> in one season? Um, I, although, I guess it did happen in 2020, because we went through three starting quarterbacks in that, that season as well. Um, that was fun. Uh, hopefully, one of not do that again uh very soon so that's that's all i have on that so hooray more players it's the worst
2: yeah you know what that (laughs) when you when you put it like that that is really that is the main bad from the game oh man this is a uh, we won how what like they won (laughs) this is the worst i hate this so much this team is anti <laughs> joy. It's joy think I'm convinced they're just anti joy. You win a I don't think you win a game, there's some obvious issue. Beat a team, you only score thirteen points. Beat the Dolphins, we're supposed to be one of the real like best teams in the NFL. Boom, starting quarterbacks after the year. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like That's how this things just, oh man.
1: Meanwhile, just
2: Season.
1: Meanwhile, Tampa Bay has has three points with uh uh three and a half just a little over three minutes to play. Uh I believe if they only score three points, this would be their second time just scoring three points in in the game, in a game this year. Um so there we go. Uh that's a conversation that we'll have later in the week when we talk about uh the uh, impending homecoming of uh, one Mister Tom Brady, but that's not a conversation for for here. Um, this this, as we predicted, has been an quite. Uh, extensive and exciting uh, conversation to have. Uh, we were we were chatting back and forth uh, immediately after the after the game yesterday, and we we're like, "Ah, oh, there will not be a lack of talking points on this one." And I think that is uh, certainly uh, been true. So, Akshay, any uh, final words before we wrap this thing up for today?
2: You know what? There is a chance this team still goes all the way, so you should definitely tune in. <laughs> for, our, for our pre-game and post-game stuff because even if the wheels fall off this thing and they very well might the the storylines i mean this how can you not like see where this is going who knows where it's going
1: nobody nobody does somebody should write a going. book about this this is certainly this is high high drama if nothing else by the way uh, the the Buccaneers just scored a touchdown. So there goes that theory. Um, Although they did it on, on a, uh, on an incomplete pass, uh, pass interference that moved the ball to the one yard line. And then they scored from there. So, not exactly offensive firepower um so nonetheless all right um well thanks uh as always for listening to this episode of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network uh please continue to check out ninernoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and of course share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends so until next time Let's sound the horn 49ers. (laughs)